Welcome to Round Hill Radio, the podcast from Round Hill Community Church. Through our conversations, we discover the holy and the ordinary, find moments of grace and peace, and redefine what we talk about when we talk about faith. On today's episode, we welcome Dan Haug and Maria Maltobano to discuss the church's recent trip to the Lakota Sioux Reservation in South Dakota. If you enjoy this episode, we invite you to join us for a very special time of worship on Sunday morning, September 23rd at 10 a.m., where some of the students we mentioned will be sharing their stories and experiences from the trip. So you guys just came back from South Dakota. This is a, we had Brian on from Simply Smiles a few weeks ago on the podcast. Um, so Dan, how did this whole relationship with Simply Smiles start? So about four years ago, oh, actually five years ago, when our senior pastor Ed Horseman arrived at Round Hill Community Church, he received a phone call out of the blue from Brian Nuremberger. And Brian wanted to discuss with Ed a possible partnership between our congregation, Ed's new congregation here in Greenwich, and Simply Smiles. Mm -hmm. And Ed had heard of Simply Smiles in the past, knew of their good work, and as a new pastor here was looking for the church to get more involved sort of in a local way and thought Simply Smiles could be a great opportunity to do that. Mm -hmm. And how long has that been going on? So this summer was our fourth our fourth year going to the Cheyenne River Sioux Tribe Reservation in mm -hmm. South Dakota. And Simply Smiles has been there, I think, eight or nine years mm -hmm. now, developing yeah. relationships and trust with the Lakota people there. Okay. And this was this was your third time, is that right? My third time. Your, for, yes. your first time, Maria. Maria's first. Your first. Yes. First of many, I hope. Oh. Yes, for so sure. So what yes. expectations did you have going into the trip? Right. Well, you know, I thought to myself, it's an opportunity to go out there and give back, you know, spend some time with some impoverished children and make, you know, build community with some of the teens from our church and from our youth group. And um, I really went in sort of with a blank slate. I did not really know exactly what I was going to see or how I was going to feel. Mm -hmm. And uh, it certainly was an, an eye opener. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. So how how was how was reality different than your expectations? Uh, well, you know, my history of understanding the Amer the well, my my American history knowledge is very limited. I grew up in Europe. I I'm learning American history now as an adult, and um, I knew very little really about the Native people and their their story except from movies and documentaries that always don't tell the the, the true story. So I went out there. Um, hoping to learn a little bit about the culture and um, but when I went there I saw desolation I saw um, a lot of poverty and a lot of a lot of sad children mm -hmm. a lot of children that certainly have very great challenges mm -hmm. and that was a, a big surprise I didn't didn't expect it to be as as dark as as it was right you were telling me earlier you went on a trip uh, a year ago to serve and the, the, what were the differences? Yes, so I was lucky enough to go to Nicaragua last year. We went to a town called Matagalpa, which is up in the mountains. It's a lot of coffee plantations. They grow rice and beans and very beautiful, beautiful part of the country. And um, we were with an organization called Los Amigos. And essentially they bring out children from the United States to live in community for about six weeks. So it's different to going say with your temple or your church to build a house for a week. Mm -hmm. It's really where you are living, eating, breathing, and you're really immersed with the people. The thing that struck me the most, um, when, now that I've really processed this trip to South Dakota, is that 
there were family units. There was poverty. There was no running water. You know, they had dirt floors and corrugated roofs and, and so on and chickens in the yard. But there was family unit. There was laughter. There was playfulness. There, You know, they were poor, but I felt they were safe and loved for the most part. Not, not to say everything was perfect, but this experience in South Dakota, I saw broken families. I did not see a garden where you could grow your vegetables or have an avocado tree. Mm -hmm. Or I felt that they just were bereft of so much that it was glaringly different and, and, and very sad. Yeah. So tell Dan, tell me about the group that went this year. Mm -hmm. So every year we are privileged to provide some scholarships to local high school students from Greenwich High mm -hmm. who otherwise wouldn't have an opportunity to go and have this, as Maria said, this eye-opening, life-changing experience. And so this year we had nine students from Greenwich High School go. Five were brand new and four of them came last year with us and the trip was so impactful they raised their own money to go back again. To return, which was incredible. Oh, yeah. It's the first time we've ever had that happen. So we had those nine students, and then it's an open trip. It's not just for our congregation. It's for members from our community as well. So we had some adult volunteers, such as Maria and others, partner with us as well and go. So ideally, our team is a mixture of members from our congregation and our wider community in support and sort of mentoring these sophomore, junior, and seniors from Greenwich High School and we're hoping that in the years to come that other schools will want to be involved. I know Maria will be having a presentation at Byram Hills mm -hmm. in Armonk, and we're hoping that even some of the other private schools in Greenwich might hear about this opportunity and think this could be an enriching, rewarding experience for those students. Mm -hmm. And so truly it could be a very diverse, intergenerational, kind of eclectic, community-based uh, team. Mm -hmm. And how do you prepare these young people for going on the trip? Yeah, it's always hard to do because, as Maria said, <laughs> you try to prepare them, but nothing quite takes the place of actually showing up. Mm -hmm. So we have uh, monthly team meetings, usually beginning in January once we have our team assembled. And so we'll go through some literature. Simply Smiles provides opportunities to go to their home base in Bridgeport, and they will actually do orientation workshops for us, which is very helpful. Mm -hmm. They go through the history of their organization, the history of the, the Lakota people in South Dakota and what has happened to them over the years and some cultural sensitivity issues. And in our team meetings, we will go through some resources. We had our students read a book. Mm -hmm. The I think it was called The Part-Time Diary. Diary of a Part-Time Indian. Yes. Yeah. Fabulous book. Fabulous yeah. book. And our students will read through that and then send us a two-page reflection paper. And they all said that was very helpful to get a glimpse, just a glimpse into the mindset and the worldview and the challenges of, of Lakota team. Mm -hmm. So between um, articles and books and orientation meetings and former team members coming in and sharing their experiences, we, we hope, I mean, again, we try to do the best job we can to prepare people, uh, but nothing quite takes the place of mm -hmm. just showing up and being there. Mm -hmm. um, so... Yeah, so how, how do you work on guiding those young people through that process, through that change from their expectations to the reality that they see? Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a challenge, but we feel that's one of the main responsibilities that we have as leaders. Because what I don't want these trips to be is just a one-time event that shows up on their Instagram or Snapchat or Facebook. And they say, oh yeah, I went, I helped out some poor people, I felt really bad for them, and 
That's it. Mm -hmm. So we guide them through even the the team meetings prior to leaving. We guide them through some self-reflection questions about their own life, Mm -hmm. their own assumptions, their own prior knowledge of the Native American story. And then every day at night, our team meets for reflection time. And so Maria and the other adults are very helpful with guiding our students through this process of what did you learn today? What was the most challenging thing you saw? What was the most rewarding thing? What made you smile today? What broke your heart today? Mm -hmm. Every night we had a different series of questions that were progressive as the experience in the week built up. And then the last couple of days of our trip together, when we left the reservation, we spent a few days in Rapid City. And those were very long and emotional team meetings where we asked the students, okay, how how is your worldview, your mindset different now? Mm-hmm. What's going to change in your life because of this experience? How can you go back to Greenwich, go back to your homes, your communities, your schools, and be an agent of change or an ambassador for these Native people? And so what was I, I was amazing, Maria, I'd love to hear your thoughts about this, was the depth of insight and perspective that our students had from their experience and their eyes were really opened even with the idea of look we went through our whole educational system in this town middle school through high school in all of our history classes and never learned about this their history never heard the perspective of the native american people Mm -hmm. that should change Exactly. And now that I'm going back into the high school, I'm a science teacher. So I, but I still will find opportunities to bring in that story, you know, especially with the environmental issues, sustainability and the love of the land, which those people for generations have loved the land and knew how to take care of it. But going back to what you're saying, Dan, those reflective evenings where we'd all sit around and we'd have Q and A's about how you're feeling now, you know, the things that struck you. One of the stories that really resonated with me was one of our students, um, Victor, who very calmly and quietly expressed how his life was different because he now is going back and thinking, gee, I didn't think I was that well off, or I didn't think I was um, had it that great, or maybe there were struggles here and there, but the reality is I have a great life. I can play soccer. I'm in a nice school. I can get an education. I have parents who love me. I have family. And these children, there are probably amazing talents among these children out in this tribe. There's Mm -hmm. phenomenal athletes. We saw them play basketball, and our kids were just blown away by them. Mm -hmm. Um, They have talents beyond belief, but will they ever get to really realize them? And I saw in this child, in particular this teenager, a, a moment where he got great perspective and he realized, gee, you know what? I have a really good life. And I thought, gee, isn't that, that's kind of the key to look at what we have and the blessings that we have. And now going forward, how can we find a way to tell our communities about the plight of these children and how can we sort of change the paradigm, you know, to have a shift in the thinking because people really don't know and they don't understand. So I was very touched by that story. Yeah, it sounds like he redefined what richness means. Exactly. And then operating from that place of so much bounty in his own life, he can re... re, re, What's the word? So it's a reset, maybe? A reset, reset. yeah. And gee, 
things are pretty good here. Yeah. And I think more and more of our kids, our kids live in a bubble, you know, here in Armonk or Greenwich. They're very blessed kids. Not everyone has a perfect life, but the reality is they do have opportunities. And wouldn't it be wonderful for them to be able to put that out there, put take their talents and what they have and, and bring some goodness and, and change, be, right. be change makers, right. you know? That would be... I think that's what we would love to see. Mm -hmm, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And creating, continue to create such positive impact on the reservation. And I see you, people keep coming back and back and wanting to continue the work that Simply Smiles is doing. Yeah, and I think one of the reasons for that was Brian's vision from the very beginning was to develop friendships, mm -hmm. I mean, real friendships and trust. And so every year you go back to the same small community, you see the same children, they become teenagers. Our teens developed friendships with the teens there, and they're on Facebook together, and they mm -hmm. can text each other, and, and they really want to spend more time together, and that's really impactful, and sometimes other organizations don't provide that. You go, and you just build a home, and you don't really interact or get to hear the stories or, or share in the life of, of the people that you're going to serve. And so this is a very different kind of opportunity and experience because it's really about the relationships. So obviously the teens that we brought, they came back changed, but we really do over, I mean, my, you know, three or four years and simply smiles eight or nine years there, we really have seen an impact in the lives of the children and the teenagers there. Not only are some homes being built and renovated, but they're provided every day, a, a fun, safe, educational camp, environment mm -hmm. for them mm -hmm. to thrive in and to learn but even more than that there's this great emphasis on education whereas before these children never had an ambition to go off to school never thought they could well simply smiles has worked with fairfield university and other colleges to be able to provide scholarships full scholarships for these teens if they graduate high school if they work hard to go without having to pay anything to get college education and our teens come and talk about the importance of education for them. So they're serving as a catalyst, as an inspiration, encouraging the teens there. And so we really do believe that we're seeing that hopefully the cycle be broken and seeing change happening. I feel like that's that's I feel like that's the really like the kernel of what's really special about this experience, because I feel like I'm using air quotes, mission trips get a lot of flack for being more for the people who are going than for the people who are actually in these communities. And the idea that there are friendships that are kept year-round, that there are connections that are being made, that there are relationships that are richened, I feel like it, it is mutually beneficial. Like, we can't pretend we're not benefiting from it, but that we are, that the actual change is being made and actual um, positive impact is being made. It's on, on that same point, you know, many of my students over the years will go away and they'll go to Nicaragua to build a house, for example, as I said before, but they really don't get to know. They don't build those relationships. And I think with our teens, they modeled behaviors that just were outstanding. They saw kids just like themselves, 14, 15, 16 years old. They saw them playing sports, having fun, talking about school. And just to inspire, even if it's one or two teenagers to go, gee, they're so happy. Look what they do. Maybe there's a possibility for me also. And that's not going to happen when you're going for a week to maybe build a house, which is admirable, no doubt. But when you go in 
there and you're living and talking and playing and eating and sharing stories and then communicating over the years, that's a very, very powerful experience and for both sides, mm -hmm. for both our teens and for those children out in, the, uh, in, the, in South Dakota. Well, thank you so much to you both for sitting down with me sure. and discussing this. I think it's so exciting to keep the conversation going over the years about this. Thank you both so much. Thank you for having thank us. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening. Round Hill Radio is brought to you by the members and friends of Round Hill Community Church. You can find more episodes on iTunes, SoundCloud, and roundhillcommunitychurch.org.